0: Well, we've uh, been—you've heard a little bit about Canyon Cares over a a few weeks, several weeks. Um, We passed around some uh, sign-up sheets, and it's been a while since you've heard about it. Uh, Due to the overwhelmingly encouraging response that we received, uh, we've been working to get this organized and and working on this. So, thank you for your desire to serve the Lord, uh, to serve one another, and and serve the Lord. Um, We've called it Canyon Cares, and it's all in caps because it does stand for compassion and assistance and relationships and edification and support, but that's not as important as what it's about, what it's for. Um, It's for the glory of our God, serving one another um, in practical ways, loving one another. So thank you for signing up, and we are working to get these teams organized and, and to get some communication out to you. Um, but this is, this is some, giving some structure and some accountability in, in making sure that we love one another, not just in word or, or in tongue, but in deed and in truth, as, as John says in 1 John 3. So um, one of the ways that we want to do that is, is we're gonna, we want to introduce some of the leaders of, of some of the teams this week, and so we're excited for that. Um, you see them here, up here on the platform already. So, uh, but one thing that's important is that this month, the month of May, is Foster Awareness Month. Um, it's, a, it's a month to help us become aware of uh, an important ministry um, in our families and in our church uh, to care for children. Thank God for how He cares for children in this way, how He uses um, all of us to care for children in this way. So uh, we want to let you know about uh, the ministry of Canyon Cares, how it plays a part in fostering and, and caring for those who are fostering and adopting and, and other ways that we care for children, but also other ways that we are loving one another and that we want to be uh, just uh, loving one another in real and practical ways. Another one of our ministries uh, with Canyon Cares, another, another team is the Meals Ministry team and um, you know if you've uh, been through a difficult time, um, the, the loss of a loved one or uh, a surgery, a sickness, or um, w- when you're fostering, uh, and you, you're, you could use the assistance, the love of brothers and sisters to bring a meal uh, to your home. Um, we have been the recipient of that, and it is a, a tremendous blessing. We hope and pray that the, the, most of the time, your Koinonia group, your small group that meets together, will, will come alongside you and meet those needs. Um, they'll be the first to know, they'll be praying with you, and they can help with that. But sometimes those needs go beyond what a small group can handle, and so. That's the reason for this team, the, the meals ministry team. Um, you can um, sign up for more information about that. Again, we'll have the tables out in the lobby for sign up for information. You don't have to necessarily sign up to do everything um, in these teams or, or to even do anything immediately, but, but go talk to the people that are, that are at these tables um, and, and understand what, we're, what we want to do and how this, how this looks, how it works out. Um, Another team that we are excited about is the Hope Ministries team, and this has been going for several years already. But Amy Joe, would you please come and and share with us?
1: CPS, but now it's Department of Child Safety, asked if our church could provide some sort of a bag or something with essential needs for children entering into foster care. Um, I have a copy of my um, journal from the next morning. And I just want to read a little bit from that. So my prayer was, Lord, I don't know what you have planned for CPS and that contact, but that is something that breaks my heart. If you are allowing us to bring your comfort and hope to these kids, I would love to be involved with that. Please confirm or show me if this is in line with your will for my life. And this journal was a... um, had like a devotional but I hadn't read that devotional on the on the side yet so part of that was at the end it was just it was a prayer um so it says praise God because he loves to help the poor and the oppressed offer thanks for all the ways that God has protected you confess any self-centeredness and lack of concern for the needy in this world ask God to grieve your heart with the things that grieve his um God had broken my heart that night, and then he showed me that he had opened this door and that I was to be a part of it. Um, Over the next few months, we had lots and lots of meetings with DCS, finding out what we could and could not put in these bags, um, what had worked and what hadn't worked with previous donations. Um, As we began to deliver these backpacks um, that summer, we were met with polite thanks and a lot of skepticism, and it took about a year and a half to gain their trust and to let them know that we were in this for the long haul and that it wasn't a one-and-done kind of donation. Um, I think it probably took about three or four years to get all the kinks out, and, and you know, for them saying, oh, can you actually put the diapers in? Can you do this? Can you take this out? Can you—and um, so— I continue to learn all the time what works and what doesn't work. Um, For those of you who don't know, backpacks of hope are backpacks filled. um, We have kind of two filters. Um, Does it meet a tangible, essential need for that first 24 hours? Um, Or is there an eternal need? Um, So each backpack has God's word in it. That's why it's a backpack of hope and not a backpack of stuff. We um, also have a plan of salvation in there and our church's phone number in case the child needs a a number to call. And each child has been specifically and individually prayed for. Um, We know that only God could open this door and only he keeps it open. Um, We've seen him protect this ministry and fight battles that we didn't even know were happening at the time. Um, Because this is an update, there's some... People ask for numbers, so um, the first slide is the past um, 10 years in a pie chart, <laughs> I guess. Um, this week I delivered 25 backpacks to DCS in Cottonwood, which brought the number to 1,999, and I was like, oh man, one more but that's okay, <laughs> that's the number. Um, we started out in Prescott Valley, and now Prescott and Prescott Valley, they're in the same office. There's still two branches, but they're, they pull from the same thing, so now those two numbers are together. Um, DCS Cottonwood, Arizona Children's Association, and then the other represents backpacks given to Naomi House, the police department, Um, families from church who have received a child who have not gone through one of our local um, DCS offices. Um, The next chart is just to answer a question I often receive about what backpacks are given the most. Um, Over the years, it seems like newborn babies and then children who kind of are starting into school, whether that's preschool or school, and and that abuse and neglect gets seen at that time. Um, I don't want you to just look at this and think stats. Um, These numbers are... represent babies who who have been born to moms who are using drugs, who miraculously have been born with no traces of drugs in their system and with no withdrawals. In answer to that's a very specific prayer that we pray for um, babies, for the backpacks, um, for newborns. Um, most of the, the those backpacks go to um, babies who are pulled from the hospital. Um, also, these numbers are represent almost two thousand um, Bibles who have been handed out um, through uh, through government. Workers who are not Christians um, a lot of times, and um, 2,000 kids who have had tangible items of God's love and hope and value of them. Um, another question I receive is about how much money do, does each backpack cost? Um, years ago, so who knows what kind of the number is now with prices, but it was at a minimum about $50 per backpack, and that's with getting really good deals on clothes. I'm the crazy lady who when at Walmart they do the dollar racks, I'm like, thank you. (laughs) And then I get lots of stares, but then I get to share what our church is doing. Um, So we average about 200 backpacks per year, that's $10,000. Yet there's no church funds that are covering this um, we have donations um, each month people bring stuff but when at the end of the year when I do all the numbers um, accounting wise it really doesn't make any sense <laughs> um, the only explanation it's it's God's fish and loaves math and um, and he continues to provide so um, I I've just recently got the list of the people who have signed up previously for Um, this ministry and I look forward to um, just building that team and seeing where God wants you to be a part of it. Thank you.
0: Thank you Amy Jo and um, we have been a part of that for for many years but if you've not been a part you want some more information please see Amy Jo in the table uh, in the lobby at the table in the lobby. Um, We have these teams and we have many more and to help us stay organized with these teams and, and communication flowing between the teams, we, we've come up with an idea of, of a, a hub team <laughs> just, just to keep in touch with the teams, to communicate with us with, with, as a body, um, to know what, what the needs are and how we can be praying. And so, um, John, if you would please come share with us uh, this important team, please.
2: Thank you, James. Uh, I want to begin by saying how much my wife and I, Catherine, Appreciate being a part of this fellowship. Uh, We've been here less than a year, but you all have made us feel So welcome and accepted and encouraged us in many different ways, so we really appreciate that Um, When I first signed up to help with what was then called the communication and prayer team I think now of that sign I saw in a business somewhere that said this is a non-profit business That's not the way it started out, but that's the way it's developed And originally this was called the Communication and Prayer Team. As James said, we're calling it now The Hub. And what we want to do is along the lines of a favorite verse of mine, it's in Hebrews chapter 10, where the author talks about the blessings we have because we have access to the very presence of God through prayer. And he says we need to draw near to God, we need to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, And then he said also, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And that's, in a way, what the Hub wants to do, to work with these other teams, to encourage the ministries, the CARES ministries that are here at Canyon Bible Church, and as needs become known perhaps to us, to make sure they reach the appropriate ministry team. Also, we want to do our best to promote awareness on a regular basis of what the teams are doing. I suppose you may see them up here from time to time, but if we can assist with that to make sure that their work, while it's getting done, is in front of all of us so we can be encouraged by what God is doing through them, and then also to further the growth of our fellowship here, to encourage us all by what God is doing so that we can better serve as lights for the gospel here in Prescott Valley and wherever he calls us. So a member of the Hub team will be out in the uh, lobby every Sunday. We'll do our best to do that. If you have questions and maybe it doesn't fit one of the other teams, come and see us and we'll see what we can do to help you sort it out. Thank you, though, to all who have signed up to help. We, As I talked with James and Kim and we looked at all the people who have signed up, it really is amazing how many of you want to give of your time to these various ministries. So we appreciate it and we thank God for you.
0: Thank you, team leaders. We will uh, be praying with them, along with them, for them, um, and the team members, and, and also, like we said, other teams uh, to come. Uh, we also have with us this morning um, some, some visitors with us, uh, Hillary Horn from Arizona Baptist Children's Services and Lisa May from Christian Family Care. Um, we're excited for them. They're here to talk to us about um, the. The organizations that they're a part of, the ministries that they get to be a part of every day that support uh, individuals, families, churches uh, in fostering, adopting, and and many other ways. Um, So, Hillary and Lisa, thank you for being here. And um, if you would, let's just welcome them, please.
1: Good morning, it's good to see all of you. Um, Like James said, I'm Hillary Horn. Um, I work for Arizona Baptist Children's Services. I license foster families for all of Yavapai County. Um, I just wanted to take a moment, Lisa and I both wanted to take a moment and just have um, any any parent, any family that has uh, previously or currently fostered and adopted, could you please stand? Just want to give them a round of applause And yeah, I hope you guys all kind of got to see who those people are because they're going to be the best people to talk about what it what it really means to be in this ministry full- time day in and day out. So um, I'm going to turn it over to Lisa.
3: Good morning. Well, Hillary and I both have a goal of seeing children who are in the foster system placed in Christian households, knowing that the impact that you can have on a child um, not only can be temporary, but the potential to have an eternal impact is so, so valuable. Um, so we're gonna go over just a few things, uh, share with you a little bit about the facts about foster care, and then also share a little bit of just personal stories and experiences So, if we can have the first slide, please. Oh, that's not it. That goes at the end. (laughs) Okay, all right. So, as James had said, May is Foster Care Awareness Month and so we just want uh, to bring awareness that there is a need in our state and our community And each of you can be a part of that based on even what was already shared, um, the various different groups. If you can go ahead and switch to the next slide. So in the state of Arizona, there are currently about 14,000 children who are in foster care. That is from newborn to age 18. In Yavapai County specifically, there are 343 children um, as of the last day of April. So these are current numbers and current needs. And prior to COVID, the state of Arizona had about 200 families who were getting licensed each month to do foster care. In the year 2021, that number dropped to 50 families getting licensed. So it's the same number of children who are coming into foster care, but you can see that the number of licensed families to care for those has gone from 200 to 50. If you connect the dots, what that means is a lot of children are going into group homes. And so the need for a loving family to be in a home uh, is so, so dire for these children. Uh, This just gives you some basic demographics of a lot of people want to know who are these children who are going into care. Uh, The largest percent is going to be, they're, they're broken down for age range, but ultimately school age up through 18 is going to be the biggest number of children who are in need of families. There's almost an equal number of males and females. Uh, and then you can also see just the different, uh, the top right is the length of children in care, so you can have as short as one month, and that can go on for years, and then they come from all different backgrounds, and so it's, it's, there's a need no matter what to love children of all ages. And I think what's important to know is these children are put into the foster care system through no fault of their own. Uh, 80% have been removed because of neglect in their family. They have a traumatic past, and so patience, love, gentleness is really needed, and that stability is super crucial. So I'm going to share a little bit just about Hillary and I have been friends for years, um, we are a family of seven, um, my husband Ken and I. We have three biological children. And uh, about 10 years ago, we adopted our first son. Whoop. Oh, <laughs> um, we adopted our first son. He was five years old at the time, now 14. And then years had passed. And lots of our friends started to do foster care. And so my husband and I are like, hey, let's do respite care to offer support. Respite care is really short-term care. And we wanted to offer that to friends so that they knew the children in their home, if they needed care, they knew who they were going to be with. So we cared for about 15 children, um, anywhere from two days to two weeks. And then one day, Hillary called me in February of 2019 and said, Hey, Lisa, can your family do respite for three nights? This family just needs to sleep. (laughs) Don't expect to sleep. This little girl is scared of men. She's scared of dogs. She's scared of the water. And you might have feces smeared across the wall. Will you take her for three nights? And it was like... Yes! Anyone who is going through that every day needs respite. They need rest. They need to be able to sleep. I called my husband, and it was very easy. Yes, we want to care for her. We'll take her for three nights. So the first night, she woke probably 20 times, and I was there each time. The second night, she woke three three times, and by the third night, she only woke up one time. And at the end of those three nights, Hillary says, well, you know, she can't go back to the other house because all of those behaviors are gonna go back. They're gonna come back. At our house, she's the baby. Uh, There was a seven-year difference in age between our youngest and our new youngest, who at the time was three. And the reality was because of her behaviors, and the need for an experienced foster care family, she was very likely to go to a group home. And so my husband and I are like, okay, this just delays our empty nest by seven years. Um, And we really had to talk with our kids and pray, but ultimately our daughter, when she walked through our doors, how I like to describe it was she was home. And so, when, when you hear the numbers, I like to try to personalize it, that each of these children has a story and they need Christians to be a part of that story, to love them. Um, so we're gonna just watch a quick video next. Um, these are all children, one of them is mine, mm-hmm. um, but these are all children within our community who were in the foster care s- system and who have been adopted. So I just want you to see the faces. It also includes the number of days that they were in foster care. And the exciting part is that even though some of those children, those numbers are very long, there is an ending date. So let's just take a moment to watch this.
2: find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true, I will rescue you.
3: So, ultimately, God is each of our rescuers. I wanted to close just by sharing a passage in Isaiah 46 even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. And God invites each of us into his story of rescue. Thank you for allowing us to be here today.
0: Thank you, Hillary and Lisa, for being here and sharing that with us.
2: Um,
0: Again, there are other teams that we want to be sharing and that uh, you can be looking for, but uh, please talk to the people at the tables in the lobby after the service. Um, You won't necessarily have a child come to your home tomorrow (laughs) and expect to have uh, that child come in, but um, Lord willing, uh, we can be a part of caring for these children. And um, I, our family has, has been blessed to have quite an experience, even uh, we had one, our first placement that lasted three days with us, and then she was able to go with family. Um, we've had, other, had another child that lasted with us six months, um, and there are other stories that, that people can share, so um, we're grateful how the Lord is using these ministries to care for these children, um, and, and we'll talk about more how we can use that. Uh, those ministries to reach people. Uh, Canyon kids, if you would now please make your way to the back. Um, You are dismissed from the rest of the service so that you can have your service um, where you can um, learn from the Lord, learn from teachers who are bringing the word to you at your level that you can understand and learn and grow in. Um, The rest of us, we're going to now continue with our service. And John, if you would please come.
2: We'll be continuing our reading from the book of Acts. If you would stand, please, for the reading of God's word. We read just last week how Peter had miraculously been released from prison. And we pick up in Acts chapter 12, verses 18 through 25. Now when day came, there was no little disturbance among the soldiers over what had become of Peter. And after Herod searched for him and did not find him, he examined the sentries and ordered that they should be put to death. And the people were shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. Immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. Please be seated as we go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you knowing that you are our fortress, our God, our Redeemer in whom we trust. What an amazing thing that we can have an audience with the Creator of all that exists, the Lord God Most High. You are perfect, you are all-powerful, you are all-knowing. You are holy, and yet you care for us. You command the hosts of heaven, and you keep those heavens in their proper place. As we've come this morning, we travel under the bright sun here in Arizona, and it's a reminder that the very heavens declare your glory. The moon and the stars at night speak of knowledge of you and proclaim your creation. You are the giver of every good and perfect gift. You give strength for the day, comfort for the weary. You grant us the ability to work and produce and earn a living, and you tenderly close our eyes in sleep at night. You created us not because you need us, but out of your love and your grace. You open your hand And as Psalm 145 says, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. And you have provided for our greatest need, a way out of sin's bondage. You provided that way in the person of your Son. It was not an afterthought. Our sin did not catch you by surprise. But from the very moment that Adam and Eve sinned, you have been fulfilling your promise to provide a Redeemer. Though at times the faithful seem to have been few, your faithfulness remained true. And at just the right time, when we were yet helpless sinners, you sent your Son to be our Savior, to die a death on the cross, to pay a price that we in no way could pay. None of our works, none of our efforts, nothing we could do, would provide for the payment of sin, the debt that was owed. But your Son, who lived a sinless life, who came and took on human form, paid that price in the cruel death on the cross. He died for us, the ones who had sinned. As we sang this morning, amazing grace, what amazing love that you, our God, should die for us. And you did not leave us on our own, but you provided your spirit for all who believe to dwell within us, to guide us, to instruct us, to prompt us, to convict us. And, Lord, how we need that spirit, for we have fallen short of the mark. We need that presence in our daily lives today. We still live, have our lives here on this earth in weak and fleshly bodies. No matter what our diet may be, no matter how much we exercise, no matter our intellect, we are still subject to the temptations from within and from without. At times, we think we are self-sufficient, and we become proud, and we may move close to the point or even stand on that ground where we think we have no need of you. Lord, protect us from that. Help us to recognize that in our fallen state, we always have need of you. We need to confess to you when we sin. We need to come before you when we fail and miss the mark. And were it not for that cross on which our Savior died, we would have no hope. We would be flailing about blindly, trying to solve a problem that only you have been able to solve. We need your grace day by day as we confess our wrongdoings. Thank you that we can depend on you to forgive us when we sin, when we confess. For as your word says, you are faithful and you are just to forgive us our sin and beyond that to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Some of us today may have arrived with unconfessed sin. May that be brought before you and your forgiveness applied when that is confessed. Let us stand on that verse as we confess, for we can stand on no merit of our own. We claim no other means of a right relationship with you. We stand simply on the solid rock that is Jesus Christ. As the hymn says, all other ground is sinking sand. Thank you, Lord, for that promise. We give you thanks for your love, for your grace, for your mercy that endures forever. Thank you for granting us the very faith we need to believe. Thank you that our salvation indeed is by grace through faith in what Jesus has done, not on our own merit, no rituals, no tradition, nothing but faith in him. We cannot boast. We look forward to that day when in heaven we will gather around your throne and we will cast our crowns at your feet, knowing that all that was done was by your power working through us as we yield to you. In spite of our failures, you grant us life, you grant us joy, you grant us love, and so much more. What a kind and compassionate God you are. You have given us friends. You have given us family. For those of us here, you have given us this church family. You've given us purpose and more. You give us a daily provision that sustains us with food and shelter, care, and health. You have kept us safe at those times when, until we get to heaven, we won't even know that we were in danger. You protected us when we were unaware. Thank you for preserving your word through the ages. Thank you for its instruction. Thank you for its truth. Thank you that by it we can know you. We can know what we need to know for life and for eternity. And we thank you that nothing can ever snatch us from your loving hand. So hear our prayer, we ask, O Lord. We are living in unpredictable and challenging days. Help us come what may to live for you, to love as you love, to forgive as you forgive, to despise evil in every form. Help us to put aside worldly distractions and fix our eyes on Jesus, to see, as he did, the joy beyond the trial and whatever suffering may come and not lose heart, strengthen us to run our race and finish our course well. Grant us the wisdom to respond in love to those who oppose us. May we not return evil for evil, but speak and act with blessing. Please keep your hand upon our governmental leaders, all the way from our federal government down to our local leaders, to those who serve. May they be guided to do what is right and true in accordance with your will. Please protect those who serve as first responders, our law enforcement, our fire and emergency personnel. Keep them safe, keep them healthy, keep them ready to respond. We ask, too, for our teachers, as this year draws to a close, to grant them the strength they need for these final few days, to grant them rest over the summer as they prepare for yet another year and comfort those who are here today who perhaps came and are finding it hard to be joyful because of whatever is going on in their life, whether it is a sickness, something with a relative, a relational problem, finances, whatever it might be. May they know that you are the one who cares, that there is joy to be found and that will come. And Lord, especially we think <clears throat> having heard in the news of the tragedies that have taken place in the last couple of days, the shootings that have wantonly taken lives. We ask for your comfort for those families who have suffered loss. We ask that you will prompt believers around them to be able to provide the care, the comfort, the support that they need at this time. Lord, we live in an evil world and we know that these things happen. Help us, though, to serve and to be ready to respond in whatever way we can with your truth, with your gospel. Give wisdom to our leaders here at Canyon Bible Church, our pastors, those who teach, those who serve in whatever area, may even those who serve and perhaps are rarely noticed by most of us be reminded that their service counts in your sight. Our labor in your sight is never, ever in vain. Grant us the ability to bear up in difficult times, even as our Lord did to count it joy. Help us to show that agape love to one another. And may all of this spring from a growing love for you. And Lord, as we depart today, later, grant us the alertness, the initiative to be ready to share the gospel with our mission field, whatever the area is, whoever the people are around us. And for all these things, because of who you are, because of your great promises, we thank you and we look to you in the strong name of Jesus Christ. Amen.